if you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. I've lived in the same suburb for close to 10 years now. It's a quiet place, filled with young families, retirees, and the occasional college student renting a room. My next-door neighbor, Mark, was a bit quiet, but he was the kind of neighbor that you could at least count on, at the minimum, for a friendly wave. We'd spoken a few times, nothing of real substance, just idle banter among neighbors. But I personally considered him a friend, and even if he kept to himself, I thought that he was a decent dude. He was a middle-aged guy, lived alone, and had been in the neighborhood for almost as long as I had. One summer evening, I was out mowing the lawn when Mark pulled into his driveway. He got out of his car, waved, and then said that he had to head out of town for a week. Business trip. Mark was forcing him to go to an office out of the state and work with them to get some issues fixed. It was probably the most in-depth conversation that he and I had ever had. He explained that this office was way behind on numerous projects, and that he was a project manager, so he had to basically put them in their place. I wished him a safe journey, told him that I'd keep an eye on his house to make sure nothing happened, and that was that. Then a week passed. Then two weeks. And there was no sign of Mark. His car was still gone, his mailbox was starting to look full, and his lawn was becoming overgrown. I was a bit concerned, but I really didn't know what to do. I went and knocked on the door to see if he'd made it home, but obviously there was no answer. I checked in on the house the next day, and still, no answer. That's when I started to worry a bit. Mark had said a week, not multiple weeks, and I feel like he would have mentioned it if it was going to be that long. I did contact the local police to do a potential welfare check, but they said that the house was locked and that there was no signs of anyone in distress, so there wasn't anything they could do. They suggested that it was just possible that he had to extend the trip, and basically just had to accept that as what was happening. Then, things got really weird. About three days after that, I went out for an evening walk, and as I passed by Mark's house... I noticed something odd. The lawn. It was perfectly manicured, like someone had just mowed it. I thought that either Mark was home, or maybe a family member or friend had come over to take care of it, but it was still strange. I knocked on the door just in case, and there was still no answer. The next day, I mentioned to my girlfriend that the lawn was mowed at Mark's house, and this is where all hell broke loose. The first thing she said was, Who's Mark? I was taken aback. Mark, our next door neighbor, 
tall guy, has black hair that's usually slicked back, kind of quiet but a nice dude, drives the blue Nissan Sentra. She stared at me confused, and I motioned in the direction of his house, saying, Mark, the guy that literally lives next door. She responded with, I have no idea who you're talking about. That house has been empty for about a year now, since that family moved out. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Was she joking? But the look on her face told me that she was dead serious. I tried to explain who Mark was. I told her about how we had to leave for a business trip about three weeks ago, mentioned that the grass was starting to get overgrown, and even mentioned that I'd asked the police to do a welfare check on him but that they couldn't do anything. She then hits me with, Look, I don't know who Mark is, but you are the one that mowed the lawn next door. You did it yesterday. You mentioned that it was overgrown and that you were annoyed that the real estate company wasn't taking care of it, and you went over there and mowed it. This was where I really lost it in my own head. I didn't mow that grass. Or, at least... I don't remember doing it. That house belonged to Mark, but apparently Mark never lived there. And my own girlfriend, who has lived here for years, doesn't know who Mark is. Weirder still, she remembers a family that lived there with kids, and I have zero recollection of this family ever having lived there. This all happened about a year ago. The whole thing with Mark leaving and apparently leaving this existence altogether. I still have no recollection of ever mowing that grass. No recollection of being upset at a real estate company that I didn't even know owned the house. And I don't know the family that supposedly lived there. I don't know what happened. I really don't, but by the end of this, I'm worried that something happened to Mark and it caused me to shift timelines. Is that a thing that can happen? Can something happen to another person and change the timeline that you exist in? Hi Raven, I wanted to share something that I just experienced a few days ago. My husband and I had been doing some yard work since we actually got a break in this heat wave. We both worked together cleaning up the front yard. He mowed while I cleared out the garden beds of dead stems, leaves, and those relentless weeds. Then, as he did the edging of the driveway, I swept the sidewalk and patio. Once the front yard was finished, we made our way to the backyard. It's a bit larger, so my husband started mowing while I armed myself with the weed whacker and hedge clippers to clean up everything else. We both knew that once we got into the rhythm of our tasks, we'd be too far apart and it would be too loud to chat. And so we both put in our earbuds to at least listen to some music as we tackled the remaining yard work. Everything was going along smoothly as I trimmed the weeds around our fence when I noticed an insect that caught my eye. As I looked at it, it appeared to have an uneven number of legs. I know that sounds like a no-brainer, the bug was just missing some legs, but it was more than that. It was as if the leg placement was 
asymmetrical? Imagine an oval shape that was pinched at one end. Then, on the tip of the pinched part, there was one leg, one leg on each side of the pinch, and one leg further up on the right. That's it. Now, I like insects, but I'm no entomologist, so this thing did not look like something I had seen before. So I stopped the weed whacker and bent down to get a closer look at it. While examining this little guy, out of nowhere and clear as day, I heard my husband's voice say, What are you doing? I jumped because between the music and the mower's roar, I hadn't expected him to be anywhere near me. It was as if he had materialized out of thin air. I whipped around, expecting to see him, but instead, there was no sign of my husband anywhere near me. Confused and a little freaked out, I hustled back around the corner to see him still mowing on the opposite end of the yard. There was no way he could have sprinted over here, said that in my ear, and pushed the mower back that far that quickly, within the brief seconds since I'd heard his voice. I stood there dumbfounded, trying to make sense of what had just happened. Then, when my husband turned around, we made eye contact, and he had a look of confusion. I just shrugged, waving my hand to say never mind, and we both continued with our work. Once we both finished, we walked our supplies to our garage, and my husband asked me why I just stopped and stared at the wall of the house. I was confused because I had done no such thing. I stopped and looked at the bug that was near the fence on the opposite side of where he was. We would not be able to see each other from where we were in those exact moments. I told him I hadn't done that, and he again looked confused, and explained that he clearly saw me do it, and that he thought to himself, what is she doing? This of course made me think of my experience as well, so I asked him if by chance he came over and asked me and then ran off. He looked at me like I was making no sense, and said no, confirming what I was thinking. I explained to him the bug that I saw and then what I witnessed, hearing his voice right next to me. We both thought that it was weird and decided to just leave it alone, but after listening to your stories for so long, I'm questioning if this was a glitch, or maybe some kind of tear in reality. Maybe that bug wasn't from here, and when I noticed it and started looking at it, I shifted realms, while he saw the other version of me just freeze and pause, and maybe the voice I heard was him from the other realm. But since I broke contact with the bug, maybe I shifted back. I don't even know if any of this makes sense, but... It was such a weird experience that I cannot stop thinking about it. Has anyone else seen something like a bug or structure that looks unreal that seems to shift their reality? I would love to hear others' experiences. At least, so I don't feel so crazy. I have always been a fan of quaint little shops. The ones that sell antiques and weird little things. 
The kind that exist, but you have no idea how they manage to stay open, because you never see customers in them. I had moved to a new town, not far from where I lived prior, but far enough that I hadn't spent a lot of time going through the shops that existed near my new complex. I decided to do some strip mall shopping, and in one of them, right next to a big lots, I found this adorable little shop called the Curious Cabinet. It was an antique store, tucked into a narrow alley by the big lots, and the sign above it had definitely seen better days, but it was honestly what charmed me enough to check it out. I can tell you that the minute I walked into that store, I was hit with the smell of old books and repolished wood. It was an incredibly rustic smell, one that imprinted itself into my memory. I was immediately greeted by the owner, a man who introduced himself as Mr. Thompson, and he was the most inviting and welcoming person I have ever met. He was so polite. He had information on every single item in his shop. He was dressed in a tan button-down shirt, wearing suspenders on his pants, and a cute little news cap that fit him perfectly. Basically, this was the most adorable and friendly elderly man I have ever run into in my 28 years of living on this planet. I spent a couple of hours in the shop, perusing the items, talking with Mr. Thompson about random things, and I found this little wooden owl statue. I asked him about it, and he mentioned that his brother had actually hand-carved it, that he spent hours cutting into the wood to make the owl. I talked to him about it a bit more, and he mentioned that his brother had recently passed away. I asked him if he really wanted to sell the statue since it was something his late brother had created, and he immediately lit up, saying that he absolutely wanted to sell it. He said that his brother wanted to spread the joy of birds, and that someone else having that statue would be exactly what he would have wanted. That story had me opening my wallet. It was a perfect sales pitch, and I have no reason to believe that it wasn't true. Mr. Thompson wrapped the owl in paper and handed it to me gently, telling me that he hoped that I would admire the statue for years to come, and thanked me so much for my business. As I left, he said that he hoped I would come back, and I immediately told him that I would, and that I would bring in more people that would love to see what he had, and he was elated to hear that. About a week later, my sister came over and asked about the statue. I explained the whole story, told her about the curious cabinet and Mr. Thompson, and she seemed entirely enchanted about the idea. I told her that we could go, and she was all for it. We loaded up in my car, and I headed towards the big lots. When we got there, I drove up through the parking lots and was confused. The alleyway was still there, the big lots still existed, but the sign for the curious cabinet wasn't. I was concerned, thinking that somehow, in a week, the place had closed down. I parked and told her that it was in the alley, and she looked as confused as I was. We got out and walked over to where the shop was just a week prior, and in its place was a laundromat. 
confused and a little freaked out. I looked around thinking maybe I had just gone to the wrong place in the alley, that maybe I had forgotten the exact spot, but the only other place in the alley part of that strip mall was an insurance office. I stood there just staring at this uninviting door that said, Laundry Wash. There was no curious cabinet, no antique shop, just a building with a bunch of washing machines. I don't know why, but I opened the door to the laundromat and walked in, thinking that if I crossed the threshold, it would magically change back to the beautiful little shop, and I would find out that Mr. Thompson was some kind of wizard or something. When I walked in, an older man that vaguely looked like Mr. Thompson walked out of the back and up to the register, but I could immediately tell that this was not the man that I spoke to the other day. He had this aggressive scowl, this stare that screamed that he hated everyone. I kind of stuttered and asked if he was Mr. Thompson, and he nodded saying, Yeah, how can I help you? I asked him what happened to the antique shop that was here, and he again just stared confused, saying that there wasn't an antique shop here, and that he'd run this laundromat for the last seven years. I just sort of nodded and apologized for wasting his time, and I immediately turned around and grabbed my sister's arm to leave. She asked me if I was okay, but I told her that I had no idea what was going on that this was an antique shop only a week prior, and that I had bought the owl statue from that old man, but he was much nicer. She laughed, probably through nerves, and told me that it was weird, but then mentioned that it was pretty clear that I had just forgotten where it was located. I tried to explain that I was certain that this was it, but reality was presenting evidence to the contrary. She shrugged it off just saying that I would find it eventually, and when I did, we could go check it out. I had to just agree and pretend that that was what was happening, but I know the truth. That store was right there, and that man was Mr. Thompson, but he was not the same man. The man running the laundromat was not personable. He looked like he was jaded after having worked at that place for so long completely the opposite of the Mr. Thompson that I had met. I never found the store, at all. It doesn't exist on Google Maps near me. I don't have any record of the transaction as I had bought that statue with cash, and the receipt is nowhere to be found. The only evidence that I have now that I ever shopped at that shop is the fact that the statue still exists. It sits on my shelf in my bedroom, just this little anomaly in my existence. A reminder that, at some point, something strange happened that I cannot explain. I'd like to say that I have a routine, or, well, a type. Of routine, I guess. It involves the same things daily, but the difference is that I go to different shops. It's the same six to seven shops that I have rotating every week. The music store, the comic shop, 
a local artisanal bakery, among other things. So, my normal day goes like this. I wake up and do the normal things in the morning before work. I go to work, finish work, come home, change out of my work clothes, and then I head out again to go shop for a few things. I know how it sounds, spending money like that every day, but I honestly only buy a snack at the bakery or something on sale at the comic or music shop. It's rarely ever me getting a buttload of stuff at every store, unless a stimulus check comes in again like last time, and then I proceeded to buy 25 comics and a stack of vinyls. Today was no different. I got home, checked out of my work clothes, and headed out. Today I was going to buy a few frames for my vinyls at the music shop. I had a few records that I didn't really listen to but cherished for nostalgia reasons, and I wanted to preserve and show them off to people when they came over. I hop back into my car, and I take off. After about a six-minute drive into town, I reached the music shop. I can't deny that I get excited during these moments, knowing that I'm adding something, no matter how small, to change up the scenery around me at home. It kind of feels like a new chapter each time. As I walked into the music shop, the familiar strong smell of incense in the stale air, I said, hey, to Greg, the owner of the shop, and a good friend. What's up, man? Back so soon? Greg said. Can't get enough, you know that. <laughs> and that was pretty much the interaction I had each time I walked into Greg's shop. I head to the back of the store where the accessories are, and grab a few of the frames on the shelf and head to the front. Just this good, sir, I said. Gotcha, my guy. Wait, you need more already? <laughs> he commented. What do you mean? The frames? This is my first set that I'll be using, I replied. Did something happen to the ones from before? What? What ones from before? The ones that you bought yesterday, Greg said. But I didn't. I stopped. I hadn't gone to Greg's yesterday. And like I said before, I keep my shop routine on rotation all week. Yesterday was the comic shop and the bakery. Monday was the grocery store and the cafe. I hadn't been to Greg's since at least Sunday. I haven't been in here in a few days. And I didn't buy frames then. I didn't buy anything, actually, just looked around. Oh, uh, hmm. My mistake, then, he said. He rang me up, and I walked out as confused as I've ever been in my entire life. I decided to head to the cafe. It was originally going to be the bakery, but I really needed a coffee after that interaction. I drove to the cafe and got out of the car and trotted over to the glass door in the front. As I opened the door and looked around to see how many people were there, I noticed someone standing in line that didn't make sense at all. Whoever this was looked exactly like me. And I mean identical. They were even wearing the exact Marvel sweater that I have in my closet at home. I was so taken aback that I didn't notice I was just fully blocking the doorway to the shop. 
I step in, still staring at the man with my face and clothes. The barista, Emily, another friend of mine, called out to me asking if I'd have the regular. It snapped me out of my trance. I looked over at her and said, Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, sure, two shots of espresso this time around. Oh, feeling adventurous. Coming right up, chief. The man with my face must have overheard mine and its name being called because when I looked back to where he was, he was staring right at me, completely horrified like I was. Another ten seconds of staring, and my name is called again. I look over to see Emily with my coffee in hand, holding it out. I walk over and give her cash and tell her to keep the change, turning around before she can say anything. As I turned around, I noticed that the man was no longer there. Maybe he slipped out while I was grabbing my coffee. I turn back around and ask Emily if she saw anyone who looked like me today. She said she thought she saw me walk in about three minutes before I ended up ordering, but she didn't see me slip back out. I walked out of the cafe. Nothing. Nobody with my features or my car or anything nearby. So, is that what Greg saw yesterday? Was it another version of me? As of the time of writing this, it's been four days since I saw my doppelganger, or whatever that was. I never saw anyone that looked like me after that, nor did Greg or any of the other shopkeepers say they saw me buying things when I wasn't. If any of you know anything about what I just experienced, or experienced something similar, please let me know. Because I'm kind of freaking out. During my time at uni, me and my ex-girlfriend, just close friend at the time, had a weird glitch-like experience that always baffled us. We were in our second year of Gathering Hall Room, which was also the cafeteria slash waiting area for certain things. It's usually very busy and noisy. Furthermore, there was an announcement held in this area when we were there, and during this time everyone was waiting for the announcement to happen. Me and my friend were so involved with our conversation that we kind of blocked out all the external noise and stayed invested in the convo. My friend was taking videos at the time, and she left her phone on record without realizing it. Fast forward a few minutes of our conversation, we notice that everyone is completely silent, and just looking at us. And then the announcement starts. We were so embarrassed, but we didn't notice everyone had gone silent and it felt like we spoke for five to ten seconds. Regardless, it was an embarrassing moment. Fast forward a couple of hours, we go on with our day and return to our student house. Then my friend comes to me and tells me she has come across the most uncanny thing and can't describe how she feels. She shows me the video and I listened to it thinking nothing of it. The video starts when she mistakenly left it on record, and it just has us invested in our discussion. 
and there's a lot of background noise, with people speaking in the hall, and this goes on for a few minutes. I started to get really bored. I continued watching, but kind of complained because it's a black video, camera facing the table, with just us talking in a noisy background with the occasional tapping of fingers on the table. I still watch, completely unfazed, and then my friend says, Did you notice it? I'm still utterly confused and ask her what. She rewinds the video and instructs me to listen at a certain point of the video. All of this segment is in the noisy hall. I watch this 10 second segment roughly three times, and the moment I realized what she was directing me to pay attention to, my tone changed and I felt chill. Everyone is quiet, she said. At this point in the video, everyone suddenly just goes radio silent, and it's as if we're being completely watched and listened to for the next two minutes of the video. Then suddenly, everyone else's time unfreezes it appears, and a friend at another table alerts us to be quiet, and the announcement begins in the video. In the video, since the silence began, my friend alerting us is the first sound, other than us talking. We spoke to our friend, and he told us that we were speaking for like a few seconds while everyone was quiet. But then, when we showed him the video and aligned everything, he even felt confused, but disregarded it. I never knew how to take it, but the audio from the video is just so chilling. It's not some form of noise cancellation on her iPhone, iPhone 7 at the time, because it was picking up all the audio for a good amount of time. It's just this brief period where everyone else is silent, and it's just us talking. It's hard to explain. I already feel like I'm missing points to explain the experience, but it is what it is. We were both fascinated and terrified of it. It was just as if the world and their souls stopped, and they decided to focus on our conversation. So, this happened today, the 7th of September, 2023. Leaving the dentist, I took my daughter to the pharmacy after a few errands. Once at the pharmacy, I waited in line to get to the counter. I handed over my daughter's prescription and went to sit, and waited until it was ready. Once I sat down, I immediately remembered that I'd had a prescription of my own sent through to this pharmacy via email from my doctor two days beforehand, Tuesday, the 5th of September, but I just never got around to collecting it. The mom life. So, the mom and me thought that I should get it while I'm here, but seeing the queue that formed and knowing the process of writing my details down to verify, name, address, phone number, the lazy me kicked in and really didn't want to wait in line again and do the whole writing process. Although rather easy, I managed to convince myself that it belonged in the too hard basket at that moment, and I decided that it could wait until tomorrow. So 
Once satisfied with not doing what I should really do, I sat back, relaxed, and continued to wait for my daughter's prescription. It was not twenty seconds after this internal debate that the pharmacist approached the counter to read out a name. The name she said caught me off guard, as it wasn't my daughter's name, nor did anyone else move that was waiting on scripts. I know that I heard the name, but I too queried if I actually heard it correctly. The name was repeated, and it was confirmed the name that I heard the first time. It was mine. You can imagine my confusion as I approached the counter. The pharmacist asked, Is that you? I replied, Well, yes, but... I didn't ask for a prescription for myself. I was adamant that I didn't because I really could not be bothered with the standing again and then waiting again and the whole writing ordeal. The pharmacist proceeded to ask me to verbally verify my address and number. Then she says, Yep, this is for you. And I see the sticker attached to a paper bag that has all my medical details printed on it. I'm dumbfounded. Um... Okay, I say, while I go back to my seat and think about how the hell that all happened. My daughter's script then became ready for collection a couple of minutes later. I was in the pharmacy for no more than 8 to 10 minutes at the very max, but that's really stretching it. I go to the car where my daughter is, and I cannot contain myself. I had the biggest grin and burst out to my daughter. I just had a glitch. My daughter is 22 and knows how much I love stories of glitches and Matrix happenings. She just nods in acknowledgement, not able to talk due to the extraction she just had. I get home and excitedly tell my 17-year-old and she says, Mom, that's mad, but is smiling so I know she meant it as a compliment. And then, all I could think was, I cannot wait to get here and share it with you too. I'm just so content right this moment. I don't know what happened or how, but it most definitely made my day. Okay, so before this starts, I just want to say that while I do have a heavy obsession with simulation theory, and because of that... A lot of you might think that I'm making this up, but I swear what I experienced happened more than once. It happened for the first time two weeks ago. I had just gotten home from work after having a pretty rough day. I decided to text my friend John to see if he wanted to go to the bar and grab a few drinks. After a minute or two, he responded with, Sure, let me just take out the trash and I'll come scoop you up in my car. So, I told him, sweet, I'll be outside. After about ten minutes, I see John's car pulling up. I get up from the bench that I was sitting on and hop in. Have you been, man? It's been a while since we've grabbed a drink, John asked me. I said, yeah, it's been good, and told him that work was killing me. All good, man. Let's go get wasted. That'll help. Exactly my thinking. I've been needing a drink for quite a while, but haven't had the days off afterwards to drink the amount that I, quote, unquote, needed to help my situation. I was aiming to get blackout drunk. 
We get to the bar after about a five-minute car ride. We get out and head in and go sit at a table rather than the bar. We usually did this when we wanted to get a bunch of wings as well as beer, which this time we did. After ordering, I realized that I left my wallet at home. John said it was fine and just to PayPal my half to him and to go grab his wallet from the car. He tosses me his keys, and I trot outside to the car, grab the wallet, and head back in. As I head to our table, I noticed that John wasn't there. Thought maybe he got up to use the bathroom. I sat down, and the waitress brought me my first round. This place doesn't usually card regulars, i.e. me, after they get carded the first few times, so not having my wallet didn't matter for the drinks. As I sat and finished my first beer, John still hadn't returned, and after a few more minutes, my plate of wings and a second round came from my table. But the odd thing is, the wings John ordered, nor his beers, never arrived. I asked the waitress where my friend's drinks and food were, and she looked at me confused. There was no one else at the table when you ordered, sir. What? That's impossible. He was sitting right across from me. I don't know what to tell you, mister. There wasn't anyone else here when you ordered, she replied. I grabbed my phone off the table and texted John asking where he was. No answer. After about three to four minutes of this, I gave him a call. It went to voicemail. I called five more times before he finally picked up. Hey man, sorry, I just got your texts. Service has been weird all day. I just got to your house. You coming out? What? Dude, you picked me up like half an hour ago, and we already ordered. Did you go back to my apartment? Then there was just silence on the other end. Hello? What? And then the line cut off. I called again, but there was no answer. I called two or three more times, and nothing. I got up from the table and sprinted outside, and John's car was gone. That's not possible, I thought. I went back in and checked the bathrooms, but nothing. There was no way if he was in the bathroom that he walked past me and out to the front door without me seeing him. Even if he managed to, why would he? Especially without telling me that he was leaving. I went back outside to call an Uber and wait for it. I was going to take it to John's house to see if he was alright, but just as I opened the front door to the bar, I see John's car sitting right where he parked it, about 40 minutes prior. He wasn't in it, though. I turn around and there he is, sitting at the table, eating his wings and sipping a Coors Light. I walk up to him and instantly get mad at him. Dude, what the hell? I've been looking for you for almost an hour. Where have you been? Huh? I've been here waiting for you to get out of the bathroom. You were in there a long time. Are you okay? He replied. What? But I wasn't... I stopped mid-sentence. You know what? Never mind. Like I said, it's been rough lately. I sat down and enjoyed my wings and beer, or at least tried to... All the while, I could feel John's eyes constantly fixed on me in a weird state of confusion. After he dropped me off at home, 
a quiet car ride the whole way. I got on my computer and looked up some articles on simulation theory that I hadn't read in a while. And the more I read, the more that I thought I had just experienced some sort of glitch in the Matrix. Since then, me and John have gone to the bar and got wings on two separate occasions. In both times, the same thing seems to occur. We order, something causes one of us to get up from the table, John is gone in both instances, and then he comes back 40 minutes later, like nothing ever happened. He usually says I should lay off the wings if it keeps putting me in the bathroom for that long. So, I don't know if what I'm experiencing actually is a glitch in the Matrix, but what I do know is that it definitely is not normal. I just want to say that I found your podcast a few months ago and I can't stop listening. Thank you for telling these stories and giving people a place to connect. Keep up the good work, Raven. Thank you. I'm not really sure what category this would fall into, as I don't know what really happened. I've also never told anyone, so I'm going to try my best to get this out in a coherent manner. Here's some backstory. I worked at a restaurant back in 2004, when I was about 19. It was 25 minutes away from my house, which was in another town. Now, I live in a smallish town in southeast Texas, so it's not uncommon to work in one and live in another adjacent town. This being the case, there was really only one way there and back, so I drove in the same dark stretch of road every night. Also noteworthy is the fact that this is a road between two small towns, and it was late. So, it wasn't very common to see other cars at this time, though it did happen. This particular night, I was leaving work as usual after hanging out for a while after my shift. It's a server thing, we never go home right after work. I was completely sober, not overly tired as I hadn't even worked a double shift that day, and overall I felt pretty clear-headed, even though it was around 11pm. I was a bit of a night owl back then, and now I do have to admit that I drove this exact stretch of road for years, and sometimes I would zone out for lack of a better term. I wasn't unsafe, it's just like... You know when you're driving and then realize, wow, I don't remember driving for a second. Yeah, it's pretty unsafe, I guess, but I don't know how else to explain it. Regardless, I know that I hadn't zoned out this time. I'm very aware of my actions before and after what I'm about to tell you. Anyway, I'm in the middle of the only large curve this road has between the restaurant and the entrance to my neighborhood... It's an otherwise pretty straight shot, except this curve that goes to the right. I remember looking down to change the radio station. I know, I know, keep my eyes on the road, especially during a curve. When I had this overwhelming feeling to look to my left, out the window. Remember, my car is leaning right, I'm going towards the right in this curve. 
It was such a fleeting feeling, but at the same time, it felt like time had slowed down, if that makes sense. Mind you, this is a dark stretch of road, with nothing but trees on the left side, and I knew this. I've driven it hundreds of times. I know that I can't see anything to my left on this part of the road specifically, aside from moonlight-type shadows. So, almost as if involuntarily, I turned my head to the left, and there was me, just there in the road, right next to my driver's side window. In the moments, it was so fast. I mean, let's be honest, there are no other cars I'm trying to get home. Yeah, I was definitely speeding. But time seemed to slow down for a split second, like I was watching a scene somehow. I was there next to my window and time stopped for a second, or at least thinking back about it, it felt like it had. The other me was there looking right at me. No expression, no nothing. The scariest part to me was that she was wearing exactly what I had on that day, right down to my server apron that I still hadn't taken off. Had the same clothes, the same hair, the same black-rimmed glasses. I don't mean that I was seeing my reflection in the window. I mean there was a person who looked exactly like me, standing in the road, facing my car, looking down into my window. Like, my reflection would have shown my hand on the wheel, but hers were down by her side. Trust me, for a long time, I tried to convince myself that I was just seeing my reflection. It felt like an eternity that I was locked eyes with her, or me, but it was literally a fraction of a second. Like I said, I was definitely speeding, and I didn't hit the brakes when this happened. It was just as fast as any other time you looked to the left or right while driving. Now, as I mentioned, there aren't many other cars on the road this late at night. But just as I looked back towards the road, very, very shaken I might add, there was a car coming my way in the curve. Yes, I'm still in the curve, that's how fast all this happened. This car had crossed over the middle turn lane and was drifting into my lane. I had looked up at the exact right time to be able to swerve out of its way while it continued across the double lines and then correcting itself after I was past it. So, was this me warning myself? Was I seeing a me from a different timeline, possibly after crashing with the other car? Almost 20 years have passed, and I cannot get this out of my head. Did I die that night and jump into another timeline? I got married and had kids not long after this happened, and I don't live near either town anymore. I haven't driven that stretch of road in almost 17 years now, and honestly it scares me a little bit to think about it now. I had no idea what glitches or any of this was back then, and the more I go down these rabbit holes, the more that night is just a mystery to me. So if anyone has an idea, feel free. Also, like I said, I've never told anyone or written this out, so if I left anything out, I apologize, and I hope it's not too confusing.
but thank you for reading. I need explanations. My partner, sibling, and I were on vacation. We got there later than anticipated our first day, but we still really wanted to see the beach, even though it closed within the hour. We drove to the nearest access, hiked down the dune, and spent about 30 minutes sitting by the water. No one else was there. The waves kept getting more intense, and we decided the water was telling us it's time to leave. I looked at the time as we were getting up, 11.12pm. We picked up our stuff, and my sibling looked at their phone just before we began trekking back, 11.15pm. Now, it was a pretty lengthy and steep hike back to the dune, and my sibling has a bum leg. It took us about 5 minutes to get from the car, 10.42 when we got out, down the dune, and to the beach, 10.47 when we'd been on the beach for seconds to a minute. My partner had gone back up to their car almost immediately, and they texted me, By the way, it's gonna take you 20 minutes to get back up, because it had taken them a while. They're also more physically fit than my sibling or myself. I didn't get the text till we were back in the car due to no signal, though. So, again, it took us three minutes to clean up our stuff, and it was 11.15 when we began going back. About halfway up, we had to stop and sit on a bench for at least two to three minutes to catch our breath, drink some water, cool down, and rest my sibling's leg. We weren't moving fast by any means whatsoever. We had to stop again and stand for a minute before reaching the top. We reached the top, got in the car, and the time on our phones said 11.19pm. The time on the car's clock said 11.26pm, which has purposely been 7 minutes fast for years. My sibling immediately said, We shifted realities. And honestly, that's the only logical explanation I can come up with. There's no way we both read our phones incorrectly. They're both military time too, if that matters. So, how the hell did we make it back up in less time than it took us to get down? The OP to the story requested that I do read some of the comments in order to add some extra context. One person asked, how long did it feel like it took you to go up? And they responded, at least 15 minutes, more like 20. We both made the comments that it felt like we sat on the bench for at least 5 minutes too. I was fully expecting for it to be 11.35 to 11.45 when we got back to the car. My gut's internal clock was having a toss-up between 11.47 or 11.53 as I was reaching for the door handle, anticipating the exact time. I also remember crossing my fingers that it wasn't after midnight. It seemed to take forever, and I honestly would have believed it if it had been after midnight. I was anxious that it was taking us as long as it was, and I was expecting my partner to show up any moment because we'd been gone forever. Looking back, how that walk back felt in the moment was 
weird as hell. It felt like time slowed way down, and we were moving so slowly. Internally, we were both fighting for our lives, too, but I figured it was because we were not necessarily in shape. We both very likely have POTS, and my sibling's leg was really messed up. A dislocated knee that they deal with regularly, but had issues getting it back relocated that time, and wasn't fully mobile. I could feel every bit of blood and tissue, every vibration in my body, and I was hyper aware of my heart, the blood pumping through it, what the beats felt like deep in my chest. And then, it felt like I could follow the blood throughout my body. My head slash thinking process felt weird, really fuzzy, jelly, slow, in the deepest part of my brain. But I don't know how to describe it. It was kind of like everything around me was blurred out because there was so much going on within. Like my tissues had become TV static, and focusing on them slash my ability to think was the only way to keep it all together and make it. I can't speak for my siblings' experience, I'm going to ask them more about it though, but shortly after we sat down we talked about how fast and hard our hearts were beating, how odd it all felt, and about how it stopped all of a sudden and seemed to be in balance again, just like that. And then we started walking again and the pressurized hyper-aware feeling happened again. For me, it was definitely different from being out of breath due to physical activity. And then, this time before we stopped and stood for a few seconds, it all stopped like nothing had ever been out of balance. Which is also very different from our typical experiences with physical exercise. It was just so weird. And we talked about how weird it was in the moment. I guess it could definitely just be oxygen deprivation and or blood pressure fluctuation, but it was so strange. Hi Raven. First, I would like to say thank you for your videos. They always help me pass the time while working, and it's much appreciated. Now, on to the story. I've been into Wicca since I was a teenager. It gave me a sense of hope and purpose, and also kept me motivated to accomplish my goals. I used to frequent a local metaphysical shop, a witch store, all throughout my teenage and currently adult years. I would go there to buy books crystals, herbs, or whatever else I needed for spells or ritual work. After having a daughter in my adult years, I seldom visited the store as it was rather far away, but still kept up with my practices. When my daughter turned seven and started to show an interest in crystals, I decided it would be a great time to take her to the witch store and show her what I was into. Walking into the store, you are surrounded by peaceful, serene music, a cat that wanders around the shop, and many beautiful and sacred crystals, herbs, talismans, and more. My daughter's attention was immediately focused in on the crystals and stones as soon as we entered the store. She asked me if she could pick one out. 
I told her to see the little tag by each stone to see what they represent and mean. I said that she can only get one as they are all in different price ranges and I don't have a big budget. I told her to pick out the one that spoke to her the most, and she ended up picking out a beautiful squared piece of moonstone. It was small and in a cubed shape, and was a beautiful, clear, almost iridescent quality. I personally didn't own one, so I thought it was a great choice, and completely her own. The owner at the shop also told her that it was a great choice for her first real stone, and explained what its properties were and what it was good for. She gave her a small woven bag that the stone fit in, and my daughter was thrilled. We got home later that day, and I told my daughter to display her stone somewhere that could remind her of our time in the witch store. She put the stone in her dresser with her other small mementos, and that was that. A few weeks later, she told me that she had lost the moonstone. It wasn't a huge surprise because children are known to lose things, but it was a bit upsetting as it was a special moment between mother and daughter. I spent the evening helping her look for it to no avail. We must have looked for an hour in her room, and it turned up nothing. We couldn't even find the small bag that it was originally in. We even checked behind and under the dresser and still couldn't find it. About a week later, I had given up any hope trying to find it, but kept wondering how it just seemingly disappeared into thin air, or what she could have possibly done with the stone. I was cleaning out the catch-all drawer that we all have, and actually found the square-shaped moonstone to my surprise. However, it wasn't in the bag that it came with, and I couldn't find the bag in the drawer either. My daughter came home from school, and I excitedly told her that I finally found the stone, but couldn't find the bag that it came with. She told me that she had actually found the stone herself, and that it was still in the bag. I showed her the stone that I found, and she pulled out the bag. I said there's no way the stone is in the bag, it's right here in my hand. She took out the stone, and sure enough, it was there. We compared the two stones, and the one I found was the same exact shape, size, and color, but without the little bag that it came in. I was lost for a moment, wondering how I found the exact same stone when we had only purchased one of them at the Wicca shop. I remember the entire event of purchasing the stone, and the cost, so I was absolutely baffled. This wasn't a stone I've ever had before either. It was something she completely picked on her own as I wanted it to be meaningful for her. This left me with a lot of questions. Did the stone replicate itself somehow so I would eventually find it, knowing its meaning was a bond that I shared with my daughter? Did I will the stone to turn up in the most random of places? I'll never know. I just thought that we did not purchase two of them, and I never owned one before my daughter had purchased hers. My daughter was as blown away as I was. Now, having two of the exact same stone, I told her how we can each have one to remember this strange occurrence. We keep the two stones next to each other, now in a safe space, as a reminder of this experience. Was it magic? 
Or was it perhaps just another glitch in the matrix? A friend and I went to the lake yesterday. We both have camping chairs with little cooler bags attached to one arm. We like to sit with our chairs about a foot deep in the water. Because of where we sit, we know young children are going to splash. So the cooler bag, which is mostly waterproof, works as storage and protection for our phones. Yesterday, an approximately three-year-old boy comes to me with the volleyball wanting to play catch. I happily oblige, which then attracted a second, third, and fourth boy. There was a lot of splashing. I checked my normally waterproof bag and found too much water to keep my phone safe. My friend said that she would put it in her bag. I handed it to her and watched her put it in her bag and zip it closed. While playing, she got up and went about ten feet into the water. I eventually joined her. We weren't far from our chairs, and they were in our sight the entire time. When we decided to get out and eat lunch, she said that she would grab the phones. I watched as she unzipped her bag, pulled her phone out, and then started rummaging to find my phone. It wasn't there. She took a few things out that she had in her bag, even examined her phone to be sure that it was hers. We then started looking in the water and then over at our table. She told me to check my bag. I opened it up, and there's my phone, standing upside down in a little pool of water. Luckily, all of my phone's ports are on the bottom of my phone, so they were out of the water and it wasn't damaged. We rethought what could have happened multiple times, but we both remembered the conversation and the phone handoff the exact same way. The more I think about this, the more I think it's strange. This happened during COVID in Melbourne, where we had strict rules, and my workplace had us taking rapid tests in tents before we started the shift. So I start work at 2pm, and I leave usually just after 1. This particular day I had done my errands before work, made dinner for the family, done laundry, etc. I had some lunch around 12, and then I jumped on the PlayStation to see if I could do the next mission of the game that I was playing. It gets to around 1. I clearly remember seeing 12.53. Well, crap, I better get ready. I have a shower and get dressed and leave for work. I listen to the 1.30 news on the radio while on the drive to work. It's all regular. Nothing out of the ordinary. I arrive for work and it seems oddly quiet. I found a car parked downstairs, which is uncommon, and there's no line for the tent to do the rapid test. Even the ladies running look surprised that I have arrived there for some reason, and said something like, back again? Which I took as, yeah, for another day. I went in the tent and have to wait for 10 minutes for the test results, 
and a furious storm comes out of nowhere. It was so windy and raining so hard. I just looked at my phone, and it said 2.47. I was thinking, it can't be. My phone has to be glitching out. I finish up the test and go to clock in to work, and yeah, it was nearly 3pm. I was baffled. How did I do this? I never lose track of time, and yet the weirdest thing was that no one asked me once why I was late or what I was doing for that first hour of my day. I still to this day think about how I lost an hour. Hi all. The story I'm about to tell you happened about a year ago. One night, my girlfriend and I come home from a long day of work, and we decided to do what we normally do to de-stress, which is take a bath together. I started the bath, lit the candles, and slowly started to add the bubble bath soap and bath salts. The specific bath salts I was using this time were a gift from my girlfriend a few months prior, and we barely have gotten used to it. It was locally made, and I believe that it was just a mix of pink salts and flower petals, and it came in a glass cylinder jar. It may or may not have had little quartz crystals in it, but I'm not quite sure about that detail. The bath was prepared, my girlfriend and I get undressed, and then she turns the lights off. It wasn't too dark because of the glow of the candles, they lit the small bathroom pretty well. My girlfriend gets in first with no issue, but then, when I step into the full tub, I hadn't realized that I left the bath salts on the edge of the tub. I bumped into the glass jar of bath salts, knocking it over next to the toilet, the loud noise of glass shattering spooking my girlfriend and myself. We both look down and see the bath salts all over the ground, glass broken in pieces, even behind the toilet. We both sigh in disappointment, like, of course. We were both so tired after our bath that we decided to leave the mess for tonight and clean it first thing in the morning. Our roommate was asleep, so we didn't tell him, but it was out of the way enough that nobody would step on it in the middle of the night. The next morning, my girlfriend and I go sit in the living room to talk. Our roommate was in the washroom. A while later, he comes out of the washroom, and what he says next made our stomachs drop. There he was, standing there with the same jar of bath salts that we knocked down and broke the night before in his hand. He was like, Hey, guys, um, I found this on the floor. What the hell? My girl and I told him the whole story, and he just laughed and seemed kind of unimpressed. Like, oh, uh, weird. But we just looked at each other like there's no way that we imagined it. We heard it. We saw it. We touched it. The next day it was fixed like it had never fell. It couldn't have been anything else because there wasn't even a mess. Our roommate didn't see anything either. I know this may not be exciting to you, but to this day, that is the craziest, 
most unexplainable instance that we've ever been through. I have so many questions. Why did the glass fix itself? How did this happen overnight? What is the meaning of it if there is any at all? Maybe it was a shared hallucination, but how? We weren't that tired or warm. Did we wake up in a slightly different universe where we never broke the glass? I don't know, but I genuinely think this might be a glitch in the Matrix. Thanks for reading my story. If you made it this far, I hope that it was entertaining for you. I know y'all don't know me, but this really did happen. And I really would like to read somebody else's take on why or how all this happened. My girl and I still talk about it to this day and do not know what to make of it. My boyfriend and I both have our own vehicles. I drive a black Jeep and he drives a white Escape. He was at work yesterday until 4.30pm and I got off work around 11am and decided to go to my friend's house for a little bit. My friend came outside when I got to her house and we walked into her house together. About 20 minutes later, I realized I left my cigarettes in the Jeep so... I went out to get them. As I walked out the door, I saw my boyfriend's white Escape, which I do drive a lot, sitting in the driveway. I was confused because it was about 1.30pm, and my friend lives 45 minutes away. I walked up to the Escape to see what he was doing there, and no one was in the car. I looked around and realized that I didn't see the Jeep so I took the keys out of my pocket to hit the lock button to make it make sounds to see where it was, and I pulled out the keys to the escape, which would have been impossible because my boyfriend took the escape to work and we only have one set of keys for that car. I put the keys back in my pocket to run inside and ask my friend what car I pulled up in, She looked at me like I lost my mind and said that I pulled up in the Jeep. I told her that the Escape was in the driveway and not the Jeep. We went outside so that I could show her, and the Jeep was back, and the Escape was gone. She saw how freaked out I was, and we went to look at the security cameras from right before I pulled in to where my friend and I walked out of her house, and the camera wasn't working which she claims has never happened. We sat outside till I left because if it was going to happen again, I wanted to see it happen. I ended up leaving an hour or so later, but I honestly was nervous to get in the car because I literally thought it was going to glitch out again and I would end up somewhere that I don't want to be. This was one of the weirdest things I've had happen to me and I wouldn't believe it if it hadn't happened to me. Has anyone had something like this happen to them before? So that was this week's collection of Glitch in the Matrix stories on the As the Raven Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this collection of glitchy goodness, 
if you did and would like to listen to more of this, you can always check out the other episodes of the podcast or support the channel further by actually going to my YouTube channel and checking out my videos. Just go to YouTube and search As The Raven Dreams. You can also go to AsTheRavenDreams.com for lots of other good stuff. Ways to get early access, read stories that I've written, submit your own story, and things like that. All that said, friends, thank you very much for listening. I do hope to see you in two weeks on the next Glitch in the Matrix episode. But until then, sleep well.